When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blue Wire Podcasts. Welcome into your weekly game day preview crossover from All Eyes on Cleveland and the OBR film breakdown presented by FanDuel. My name is Brad Ward and the great Jake Burns is with me. How are we doing, Jake? Brad, I'm great, man. Thanks for having me in. Huge division game. Always really love catching up on these, man, for sure. Yeah, massive, uh, massive stuff here. Brown's got to, uh, you know, got to play with desperation. Got to find a way to uh, win this one. Keep hope alive, right? Uh, and uh, it's going to be a uh, one p.m. kick on CBS. And uh, we've got uh, Greg Gumble, Adam Archuleta, and AJ Ross uh, for this one. Jake, uh, I think we talked about this and said that that was their. B team? I think it's the B group they put out there. I mean, we talk about these guys every friggin' uh, Saturday night. We should probably know. I th- I do think this is the second group that they put on uh, some of their games. And we obviously know CBS is driven by Romo and Nance, but but I, I don't mm-hmm. know of any other group that they have that does bigger ones. So um, Harlan? Does Harlan do bigger ones? I think he might. So maybe it's the B, uh, the 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 two point B, right? Two point B yeah. instead of two point A. Yeah, I mean Gumble's been doing games forever, so he is uh he is a big part of their group for a while. And I do feel like Archuleta has been around for a while for them too. So yeah, they view this as a big one, and it is. I mean, it's Deshaun Watson's second game. It's it's got a lot of elements here that are obviously uh, pretty important. You know, the Bengals are especially with the fact that Lamar is out against Pittsburgh. You think that there's a chance that they don't win that one. The Bengals are fighting to take an outright lead in the AFC North, and the Browns are obviously doing all they can to hang on to playoff hopes. So, yeah, this is a big one. They would put a a, a group that they trust on it, and I think that that's what they've done here. The first matchup between Watson and Burrow, divisional matchup of many probably. So uh, what could be uh, add more to this rivalry here, certainly. Uh, let's take a look at the all-time record here, uh, Jake. All-time Bengals have the edge at 51-47. to 47. However, recently it has been Browns' domination, and I think you have some numbers on that. Yeah, so the Browns have won, as far as what I'm looking at here in the football database, they have won eight of the last nine against the Bengals. The only one that they have lost was that 2019 late season, I think right after Christmas, right around there, um, they lost that game, or they almost actually won. They had a late throw that hit Odell uh, in the corner of the end zone. Odell went up and made a play, but they couldn't. I don't think I don't know if they recovered that onside kick. I cannot remember, to be honest. But, um, yeah. yeah, that was a game that they were in very close. So they have had a nice streak here. Now, before that, between 2014 and 2017, when the Bengals were really in their peak powers, uh, they – had Dalton and all the guys were rolling in that group, good defense and all of that. They 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 took uh, seven straight from the Browns. So um, 
you know, it's not like the Browns have been running it forever, but there was seven straight. Now the Browns eight of nine, and there is some some eagerness. And I would say, you know, is it's it's been sort of funny to me, Brad. It's been this this weekend, uh, an early week of saying that you know the 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 kryptonite to KC is Cincinnati, who just continues to beat them of late. Right. And then it's like, oh yeah, they get their kryptonite, which appears to be Cleveland. So right. Cincinnati people are conscious of that. I think it's it makes the the rivalry sort of really fun right now because you know Cincinnati's winning games and going to the Super Bowl and all that stuff, but they just can't seem to find a way past the Browns. And a lot of it was buzz uh, about uh, they can't beat Baker Mayfield, which you know has obviously turned into being they just can't beat the Browns. Period. So there's some yeah. pressure on Burrow. I mean, it's it's yeah. um it's it's clearly I don't think it's anything to 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 sort of be definitive about here. And Joe's fantastic, but. Uh, yeah. there, there's a little bit of pressure like, hey, man, you, you're going to beat the Browns soon because I don't think they like losing to Cleveland. You know, they've done some great things, obviously, since he going to the Super Bowl, some amazing things. But the Brown stuff is annoying to their fan bases. They don't really like Cleveland all too much. And, and annoying to them. You, I mean, they're they are tired of answering questions about it. You could hear in Jamar Chase's voice. He was like, you know, they basically asked him, like, why, why can't you guys beat Cleveland? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I have no idea. He's like... Yeah. And they're like, does it bother you? And he was like, hell yeah, it bothers me. I've never beat him yet. So, and then they um, asked him the funniest thing, and I've said it all week on my pod is asking him about, you know, what do the Browns defense do that that makes it more difficult on you? Is there something that he said, yeah, they have Miles Garrett. So, yeah, it's pretty clear that the Browns pass rush and Miles and all that's messing with them. So we'll see if it continues on that trend. Yeah, uh, interesting stuff. A fun rivalry uh, hyped up over the summer on the Pivot podcast with uh, you know Jamar Chase talking uh, about uh, Greg Newsom calling him not elite and saying that the Browns you know secondary talks crazy. So that got things fired up. And this is the first time they will face each other at full strength since then, um, since the prior meeting before that when the Browns beat them forty-one to sixteen. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting stuff the line on this game jake is uh five and a half uh yeah from FanDuel, and the over under is 46 and a half um i thought that seemed kind of low what did you say again i I thought it seemed about right like okay for for what i would predict is like a 28 17 28 20 Bengals win in this one that's where i'm leaning i thought it felt pretty pretty accurate to get some like you're saying this is we're the perfect example here you're saying you feel like it's low i say i feel like it's right that's how you get action on both sides of a line again they're not they're not out to predict what it will be so much as they are out to predict a way to get people to give action to both sides of it so yeah that's important to remember as we look at fandle and a reminder promo uh, promo code obr get yourself some uh 300 bucks to play with when Man, we're inside like 21, 20. No, okay, my, my math's not great. We're close. Turn of the year, we're going to get some uh, Ohio fan duel. Uh, all that sports betting actions coming to this Buckeye State. Your math is actually right on. I think we're 22 days. Okay, right? I was trying to, I was probably picking on myself being too hard on it. Yeah, so it's something like that, right? You know, so uh, yeah. you can you can play some live bets. It'll be, it'll be fun here. We'll get a couple games. I think the Browns play two after the turn of the new year. I, I could be wrong about that, but yeah. We'll I'm see fired. playoffs, obviously, too. Um, yeah, you said five and a half. That's that's uh, that's the number I'm seeing here. Uh, things that we like, we always like. Uh, we're looking at player passing yards. Watson's at 217. Burrow's at 273. I still would feel the low side of that for Watson uh, is probably the best play as they, yeah. they gear up, uh, right? I still don't know that he'll just come out and throw for 250. So 
I think something like 217 is an interesting number, but I would still feel like the low side. Rushing yards, 25 and a half for Watson is tasty. I think that's got some intrigue to me. Yeah, I had that written down as well, Jake. Uh, I like this. Can't, this can't be right. So they have P Ryan at 22 and a half. I, I yeah. can't be right. You should yeah. jump on that. I can't strongly enough suggest. They think that Mixon's going to come back in and get all the carries. They got Mixon at 57 and a half. I'd be all over P Ryan 22 and a half as a stone cold lock. Chubbs at 76 and a half. Uh, I would feel good about the over, but not uh, not the way I would call it a lock. Kareem's at 25 and a half. And you just never know with Kareem week to week. There's been such little consistency. Receiving yards, Chubb over six and a half. Get it. Gotta Kareem it. And a half. Probably take that too. Jamar Chase, 78 and a half. T. Higgins, 63 and a half. Boyd, thir- I think Boyd at 39 and a half is a good number. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 50 and a half, 62 and a half for Cooper. I like Donovan Peoples-Jones. There seems to also be a thorn in the Bengals' side uh, for the most part. Um, all right, so let's do our long shot plays that we like to do. Those are always uh, those are always a lot of fun. Uh, see if we can get the high odd stuff. Actually, notice that they've been taking that away. I think people are having a little, a little too much success too much with success. those. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not seeing quite as many of them. Um, this is interesting. The only other one I found that I would do because it looks like they've taken those away for good. The first touchdown score is always a fun one to me. You can get Amari Cooper at plus a thousand. You can also get Samaje Pirine at plus twelve hundred, and you can still get Nick Chubb at plus eight hundred. So uh, they clearly think that Cincinnati scores first, as they have Joe Mixon and, and Jamar Chase both at five fifty seven hundred respectively. But you can get Chubb at eight, you can get Cooper at a thousand, and I would be in on Pirine at about t- plus twelve hundred. Long shot guys that you can get good numbers on. David Njoku plus twenty one hundred. A Watson quarterback sneak is plus 2,400. A Burrow quarterback sneak or run is plus 2,900. I believe Burrow ran one in last week himself. So otherwise, the only other long shot that's interesting to me is um, Chris Evans, who's a nice little receiving back for them at plus 4,700. Yeah, he scored that. That's probably too. it. I don't see anybody else. Jalen Darden's plus 9,000. If you think Darden's going to be active and get a there you go. little jet sweep or RPO catch. So that's all we got for gambling. They've taken away our fun long shot bet uh, stuff here. But last, anyway. yeah. last touchdown, Samaj P. Ryan plus 1,300. What do you think of that? There you go. Yeah. I mean, I would. I think they're going to play P. Ryan a ton. Me too. I really do. So. Um, last, last touchdown to Sean Watson, seventeen hundred. There you go. Put 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 a couple on whatever your hunch is, guys, because there's some good odds there, some long shot odds. I always like putting five bucks on some long shot odds. So, yeah, that's about all we've seen. Check out Fanduel. Use the promo code. Get there. Use it before the turn of the new year. It's all the advice that I have. Good stuff. Before we go to break, real quick, I I did want to mention the weather in this one, uh, Jake. Um, and uh the stadium so the you know the stadium has changed their name they are not paul brown stadium anymore it's paycor stadium and at paycor stadium in this one jake it's going to be mostly cloudy with a high of 49 degrees so i don't think weather be much of a factor nice as you said for uh december yeah i I, it should be a relatively nice game early december these used to be uglier weather games and sometimes they are but not ra- rarely anymore do you see them getting really nasty seems like ohio the weather has shifted to like mid late january and beyond is where it gets really gnarly so yeah this is good weather 
uh, should be a really good environment all around for this one as far as the atmosphere goes. So um, did, packed house should it? be a pretty rowdy crowd too, Brad. Like, like you thought, yeah, like you people thought last week was going to be bad. I've always been circling this uh, this this Bengals crowd could get could get pretty nuts for 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 Watson's debut here. Yeah, it should be wild. Uh, when did they change the name to pay? Court? Just before the season, and which is okay. ironic because they got a bunch of guys they're going to need to pay soon. And, you know, in order to pay them, you have to have cash on hand. You have to have guaranteed dollars require, you know, money in the bank. You got to prove that you have it, which yep. is something not everybody knows, right? The guarantee of dollars, you have to put that in escrow, escrow for yeah. guys. And if you don't have it, can't do it, better sub out that stadium, better start marketing, advertising everything you can. And I thought that was the first, like, real sign of Cincinnati saying, you know, we know, we know we have to pay. Uh, quarterback we know we have to pay receiver here so we better start doing some things to unlock some funds so get that sponsor yeah. up there i think paycor does uh software for like um clocking in clocking out and some yeah. other stuff like that so it is it's a uh, uh, paycor yeah. stadium terrible name terrible, terrible name. name but everybody does it used to be cleveland brown stadium it got changed you know it's not like they're doing yeah. something no one else is doing but it's just funny to me that they stuck it out for so long and Oh, they're gonna have to. They see that they, <laughs> the quarterback could ask for something similar to a two hundred thirty million dollar guarantee. Okay, we better get some more cash on hand. Start saving up. Uh, get, grab the uh, change out of the the couch cushions. It's time. <laughs> it is time. All right, uh, we will be back. This is your weekly game day preview. Uh, All eyes on Cleveland, hosted by myself, Brad Ward, and of course the OBR film breakdown. Hosted by the great Jake Burns and presented by FanDuel. Uh, we do it every week. Uh, the crossover game day preview will be back after the short break with your three keys to victory. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we are back. I am Brad Ward. That is Jake Burns. This is your game day preview. And we are to the three keys to victory portion of the show. Um, and, uh, you know, this one is interesting. Uh, Jake, this is a, uh, this game has a weird feel to it, uh, I think. Um, and uh, let's talk about what, what really matters here and what the Browns have to do to try to get a, get a W. Yeah, it feels weird because it doesn't make sense the Browns keep beating these guys. Correct. There have been there have been more talented Bengals teams than Browns teams <laughs> and, and teams that have won more games than the Browns that just cannot figure out how to beat them. So it's hard to always pin down. And I've said this before, I think, between you and I, like just sometimes I just sometimes teams don't show up on, on Sundays, right? It's just they don't show up or the motivation's not right. This should be a pretty equally motivated situation. Yes. I think since he's pretty dang tired of losing to Cleveland, first of all. They hear Cleveland chirping, but again, to the point I made earlier, everything is on the line for them. They're they're uh, they lost to Baltimore earlier in the season, so they need to have a better record than Baltimore unless they split, which is coming up for them soon. But they need to get out in front of them. They need to to win more games. So it is it is an important game for them. 
they're motivated. They need to win it. Uh, it's at home, and they're coming off the KC game. So uh, I think that there's going to be equal motivation on both sides, to be honest. Uh, and, and Cleveland obviously knows that every single game, every moment matters, and they're focused on trying to get Watson right and all the stuff that surrounds that. But like, you know, to the greater point, they, they're uh, playing for their life. Every, every week's a playoff game for the Browns from now on. So it should be pretty equally motivated football teams. And when you look at, you know, I'll, I'll head into my first one. When you look at why the Browns have been successful against Cincinnati, to me, it starts with pass rush, right? It has been that way a while. We've talked about what Joe Burrow has said and echoed and how Miles has dominated them what seems like time and time again over the last uh, the last three years into four years. You, you're looking at, again, what did they do early in the year? Well, their second highest pass rush graded, the most pressures, collective pressures they had in a game was that one earlier this year, the week eight against the Bengals, and that's why they beat them, right? You know, the Browns mm -hmm. did some things on offense. They put some points up. They were They were fine. But what they did was they made life tough on Joe Burrow. He was getting rid of the football quickly, had no answer to a lot of the uh, pass rush stunt the stuff that was landing in his face and obviously created just chaos. He was never comfortable in the pocket. He really didn't like to go to his first read. So that's what the Browns have to do. Like if they're going to beat these guys, they have got to get pressure on the quarterback often, as often as possible, moving Burrow off of his spot. And then uh, you know, there's some other elements that we'll talk about here, but like that to me is the first and most important one. And, and the Browns are dealing with stopping teams from running the football, but like this is a, this is the situation. You know, the Bills are the funniest example where the Bills are like, we clearly want to get Josh going, right? We want to get him going the first quarter, throwing it, throwing it, throwing it, because that's who the Bills are. They throw it. And then the second quarter and the third and fourth, they're like, oh, yeah, well, we can run the ball pretty much at will here. So why aren't we running it more? I think since he is obviously built the same way, Joe and these wide receivers, that's who you're paying the money to. Their core identity is those guys dominating. That's how yes. they win football games. But there is a complete and utter shift of frame of mind when you play Cleveland, which is we can run it. We really can. We should. But that takes discipline, right? You haven't seen the Bucks weren't able to have the discipline necessary. And I didn't think the Texans were either where they had Kyle Allen throwing the football 39 times when they should have been running it as often as they could until they were just basically unable to do it anymore. So again, can the Bengals be disciplined in their approach, right? The Browns want to do this. They want to take the football out of big time quarterbacks hands as often as possible. It's a little bit of the mind trick they're trying to play, but they didn't. And I don't think any of us either thought they would be this historically bad defending the run to the point that it is a laughable detriment where every single run was essentially the same as an average pass, uh, which is which is which is nuts. So uh, we'll see. The core of this thing comes down to the Browns a convincing the 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 Bengals to run it as often as they can, right? And then being respectable against that. And then when they do make sensey, if they're able to make sensey one dimensional, getting after Joe Burrow, making him uncomfortable. You pointed it out to me uh, before the show. The last two times Joe has played the Browns, which was 2020 season. Um, sorry, it would be the 2021 first game because they didn't play the starters of the last game of the year. And then this one we just saw on week eight, they created a Burrow interception on the first possession. That set the tone for the game, Brad. 100%. Yeah, uh, totally agree. And, and it's interesting, you know, you mentioned the, the pressure on Burrow. It, the Bengals' offensive line is playing a lot better now than they were back in week eight. So... I think that's well, they're going to be tested. And I think that know. that, but th that's also noteworthy. Like, 
I remember going into the week eight game, people were like, well, the Bengals O-line is playing. Well, they got to show up and they got to play. And yep. for some reason, the Browns, who I think, I don't think they had Clowney, though, if I'm from, if I'm remembering correctly, Clowney did not play in the first one. Uh, so they will have a better opposite uh, Miles uh, pass rusher yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my first key is, you know, just building right off what you were saying about the run game. You know, I mean, the Bengals made themselves one-dimensional last game, right? They, you know, the Browns were able to sit in the coverage they wanted to sit in, and the Bengals did not make them pay uh, for doing so. And they just went ahead and threw the ball anyways, like you said. They didn't have the discipline to do it. Um you know, the Browns need to, I don't see it happening again, right? Like if the Browns set up the same way and, you know, split safety coverages and and try to take away what, you know, what Joe Burrow does best, um, throwing the ball, uh, they're going to use some Isaiah P. Ryan, I think, and run the ball right at him uh, this time. I I don't think they're going to let him off the hook like they did last time. It was a critical mistake uh, by them not to run the ball in those situations. And I think you'll see them them not get to get away with that again. So the Browns have to be ready, to your point, to slow the run, at least slow the run enough and deter them back into being one-dimensional. Uh, so that's my uh, first key. Yeah, they have, to, they have to do their best. And sometimes scoreboard dictates it. Sometimes yeah. teams physically just can't run it and they know that and and it, it just sort of works itself out but we know it's unlikely that the browns are able to just organically shut down the run so the browns i'm sure are hoping that the scoreboard can dictate that too but you know again like they're they're really hoping uh hoping to to put the bengal's in a tough decision situation as often as they possibly can yep. um where they're conflicted about should we run this because the Browns run defense is bad or should we continue to do what we do best, which is throw it right? So I know that that's a large part of the dilemma they're trying to force. And if they're able to be at least serviceable, you know, uh, serviceable defending the run, then that makes that dilemma a lot more compelling for the defense uh, in in that regard. They don't want to be getting gashed constantly because then you open up a whole bunch of run pass looking uh, uh deception play action run action stuff that will be miserable for your group so um to your point they they should uh, invest early in trying to figure out a way to make sense one-dimensional agreed 100 percent. what do you have for your second key here jake well it's deshaun watson it doesn't really need to be a ton of time spent on this topic like he just he has to be better he i mean he, there's no other way to put it than he can't be a liability. He was, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call him a direct liability the first week, but I certainly think that he wasn't elevating players around him. He needs to be a net positive in this game, a driving force in the offense, having success. He needs to create some plays with his legs. He needs to deliver the football accurately and on time within the offense, handle pressure better. They cannot have a below average Deshaun Watson game and win this one. I just don't I don't really see that happening. So simply put, he has to be significant. Now he doesn't have to be a hero. He doesn't have to be, you know, his peak version yet, but he does have to be better. There's no doubt about it. I find it interesting, as you mentioned that real quickly here, that it almost feels like for Kevin Stefanski, this is a little bit of a puzzle going in. Like I'm sure that there's a base approach of how 
Like, you know, you would want to run this offense almost like it was Jacoby or Baker Mayfield, right? Like, you want to protect the quarterback and try to scheme stuff open for him because he's not there yet. But at the same time, like, you're going to have to, like, mid-game evaluate what you're seeing from him, right? Like, if you start to see flashes of Deshaun, does it open up more for you on the spot or do you have to kind of hold back what you're calling play-wise based on what you're seeing on the field so he's going to have to constantly be evaluating what he's seeing from his quarterback throughout the day which kind of adds an element to the whole uh way they run their offense i agree you do Uh, i think there was some signs last week that they're not in a a very good place with some of that stuff some of the you know, surrounding football things, snap count, getting plays in and out. We'll see if it's a cleaner process this week. Uh, it doesn't help that he has he doesn't get one home game and for a couple weeks away from his opener, yeah. right? But but I'm hoping that above all else, I would like just the process around all of it to look a little cleaner. I think that that would help everybody's mind be at ease. But again, it's going to be a raucous environment, man. Yeah, it will be for sure. Uh, My second key is going to come back to turnovers. You mentioned it. Two interceptions on the first uh, drive of the game. Ward back in uh, week 9 of uh, 2022, 2021, and then week 8 this year uh, with uh, A.J. Green uh, on a deflected ball from Miles Garrett, uh, both down in near the red zone, if not in the red zone. Um, so, you know, those plays were critical, uh, to turning and shifting, uh, the way the game was going and starting, uh, the Browns cannot turn over the ball and expect to win. And they are going to have to take the ball away from the Bengals at least once, I think, to have a chance in this one. So, uh, that's where I'm at. I mean, turnovers are always critical, but especially here. Yeah, there are certain points of uh, breaking down these games, keys to victory that are always evergreen, right? This is yes. this is one of them. They they have until they get a, a more dynamic offense, which they're not quite there yet. They could get there. They don't have a great ability to erase mistakes that they make, so they need to be really good. They need to take care of the football. I think you're right. My last one piggybacks on that. They need the specials to be a net positive again, if at all possible. Obviously, we know that last week was a net positive. Largely punt return touchdown, right? You get some some other elements that uh, certainly help you. Kicking game was pretty clean, so all of that stuff was in your favor. Uh, and and they needed to get and really that w- it was clean against Tampa too. They they controlled yeah. the punting phase. They controlled a lot of different phases. The kickoff, kick return stuff was really good. So they need that group to be another uh, another net positive in my opinion. Not calling for punt return touchdowns, anything crazy. But they need to do what they did, right? Which is the last time they these two teams played. The they had better kicking from York than since he got from McPherson. They just need to win the special teams phase. I think it will be imperative uh, for game winning this game to make up as many points or field position elements as you can really make up uh, to help your offense. In this one, they'll just need to win the auxiliary things, in my opinion, to to win this one. So specials is it's not necessarily a game breaker, but they, in my opinion. It's a huge key because they they just absolutely need it to win these games. My final key, I'm actually going to change this on the fly, Jake. How about that? Uh, How about so it? I'm changing my final key too. Um, you know, so the, part of the reason that I think that the Browns match up and do well with 
the Bengals or have is because they present, especially now with Martin Emerson or MJ Emerson, they present three corners that really, no matter where they are on the field, can match up against their three wide receivers and and uh, be okay on their own mm-hmm. for the most part. So, um, and not, not a lot of teams, I don't think, can say that uh, across from the Bengals. And so, I just think as far as you know, three versus three on the outside, like you just need to win those individual battles. Like those battles are going to be what a lot of this game comes down to. Like Jamar Chase going up and beating Denzel Ward on a go ball and just going and getting it is going to be the difference in in, uh, a big part of this game. If you think back to the first matchup, right, we all remember obviously Denzel jumping that pivot route there at the goal line, returning at 99 yards, but the rest of the game, um, when Miles wasn't wrecking havoc in the backfield, it was impacted by deep throws that the Browns were able to break up. They they played yep. really well down the field in that game in 2021. This 22 game, not having Chase, the first game, um, obviously it just it just changes the vibe of everything. So having both teams at full strength, it'll be interesting to watch because of what Jamar does for you know, the passing attack for Sensi and the, the threat he possesses and how it manipulates coverage. But I think, again, deep passing game since he's going to, they're going to push it. They're going to try to challenge the Browns downfield. I don't have any doubt about that. How do the Browns rise up to that challenge? Are they able to make those one-on-one winning plays similar to what they did where they had several downfield? I know Ward had one deflection like in the end zone against T Higgins in that game in 21. I remember Incredible play, uh, yeah. Newsom making a play deep down the field on a, on a ball that was uh, a burrow scramble play where he got out and uh, put the ball down the right hash uh, to one of his guys and, Newsom got there just in time to knock it away. So, yeah, can they can they make those big plays on money downs or whenever since he decides to push it down the field through play action or whatever they they go with there? Yeah, those are going to be huge plays for sure. Yeah, and and you know, Martin Emerson uh, you know, he matches up well with Higgins size-wise. So, he brings a different dimension to that. I think he helps that situation a little because of his size against Higgins. Yeah, I would think the Browns don't have any issue with sort of in and out bracketing Jamar Chase in terms of if he's in the slot, we'll have Newsom covering him. And if he's outside, we'll make sure Denzel finds him. I would yep. think Emerson lining up and being left to play T. Higgins with shadow help will probably be a pretty common theme for this game because of the body type matchup. So, yeah, I think I think that's what I would expect. I wouldn't be surprised if it's different, but I think they feel good about when the Bengals try to sneak chase into the slot and then and then also being able to match up with him on the perimeter with with Denzel but the the two safeties will have a lot of stress too they're going to be asked to play Certainly. deep portions of the field uh, and and as well but this game there's only so much you can do to take away downfield throws and there will be challenging throws where the Bengals will go after the Browns in some form or fashion down the football field so it's a matter of who wins those downfield throws yeah It'd be fun to watch for sure mm-hmm. uh so Those are the three keys to victory here on your uh, Browns versus Bengals part two. Yep, second time this year. Uh, Game day preview uh, with uh, all eyes on Cleveland crossing over with the OBR film breakdown presented by FanDuel. That's Jake Burns. I'm Brad Ward. Any parting words before we get out of here, Jake? Nope, none. None at all. Have a great great morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. And Hopefully we can reconnect for another uh, Browns Victory Monday. We'll see if they show up. For Jake Burns, I am Brad Ward. Go Browns. Go Browns.